It's time to rethink everything, to redo the rule book, to explore smarter ways to work and rediscover what's possible. It's time for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done. I'm Susan Campbell, and this is The Big Rethink. We often think of innovation based on the technology, the inspiring idea, and the answer. But there is much more that goes into creating an innovative end product, especially in the theme park industry. Elkhorn McBride knows firsthand what goes into developing playback devices, lighting control systems, show control systems, with a strong emphasis on relationship building. In this episode, we speak with Scott Harkless, Chief Innovation Officer to explore the secret of groundbreaking innovation, successful product development strategy, and client coordination. You're a busy guy, Scott. Thanks for making time to come and chat. That's quite an intro. (laughs) Glad to be here. So I have so many questions. I just don't even know where to get started. But how about let's start there. How did you get started? Oh, so it's been interesting hearing people tell their stories because they did this on purpose. They grew up with theme parks and since they were kids. I went to theme parks when I was a kid. I grew up in Northeast Ohio and we had SeaWorld and Cedar Point, but I didn't really think about that as a career option. So I actually went to school for electronic engineering. I've always been a, a tinkerer, kind of a geek, always tearing stuff apart, what? putting peanut butter jelly sandwiches in the VCR and that sort of thing. Oh my. So that's what I went to school for. And I ended up basically working for a science museum. I went to school in Columbus, Ohio and worked for a science museum called COSI. And it got me just a lot of experience and exposure to technology, including Alcorn McBride. That's how I got first connected with them. And I really love their products for the museum industry, what I was doing, interactives and stuff. And I had no idea what they did or what the reputation was in the theme park industry. So I went to you know blindly work for the company thinking I'm going to work on these cool products. And then I get there and I'm like, oh my God, what this company does is amazing. I had no idea. So I am one of these people that have ended up in this industry by accident. I love um, it. So I love it. Kind of cool. Serendipity. Yeah. And you've been here how long now? I just celebrated my 20th anniversary. Okay. So, so it was. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a positive accident. It, a good it was accident. a positive accident. I'm very glad that the fates <laughs> unfolded the way they did. So. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> I got my first job. I, I thought, oh, where's the last place on earth I'd want to work? <laughs> Company X, not to be named. Yeah. And so I thought, I'll go interview there for practice. <laughs> 13 yep. years later, right? <laughs> so good experiments, right? Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what excites you about working in the, the themed entertainment industry and how it's evolved since you first started. I consider myself a problem solver. It's kind of the engineering mentality. So I think that's one of the things that intrigues me the most about what we do and our role in the industry is we're out there trying to solve problems to make all of this creative stuff kind of create a platform that it can all work on. And through this experience, I've also just grown to know the power of relationships. Mm-hmm. And the merger of those two things are, that's what excites me is, is really getting to know people and what they do day in and day out. Yeah. And understanding the world from their perspective and the problems they're trying to solve and then jumping in to help them try to solve those problems. So makes the relationships better. We get these lifelong friendships and we also both, you know, from a work standpoint benefit too, because we're both doing our jobs better. So that's cool. And so when you, when you say you're bringing a lot of this stuff together, are we talking playback devices here? Sort of it's, that's part of the, the, the puzzle piece. I, I think really the, the core thing that we do that kind of brought is bringing all this stuff together is really the show control aspect of what we do, because 
that's the piece of a, an attraction that automates pretty much everything. Okay. We're tying into the ride control systems, the audiovisual experience, all the devices that are out there, the animatronics, all the things that have to coordinate and work together and synchronously. We're pretty much driving that experience through show control. So we've added some pieces and parts that we felt like were necessary for the overall experience, like the audiovisual playback, lighting control. But it's really that the show control is kind of the foundation that kind of started that all for us. So. Gotcha. Well, it's a good thing you are into relationships because it sounds like <laughs> there's a lot of participation, there, a lot of participants in that. Yeah, in that. there absolutely is. We have to be completely open and willing to work with other manufacturers because our equipment is directly communicating with theirs and ha- it all has to work together. So. Sure, sure. So the the building off on relationships in that sense of community, how have you found relationships building impact in your ability to innovate? I think it's actually the primary source because when you're sitting off in your own little world and looking at the new technologies and stuff, you can only think of so much. But when you get out there and you're talking to people and seeing things from their perspective and trying to understand what their problems are, it just opens up this whole new world of like, wow, I didn't even realize that was a problem you you guys were trying to solve. We can totally do that. We know wow. how to do that. And yeah. Getting other people's perspective is probably the most valuable piece of information that leads you to find what those next innovations are going to be. We we're talking earlier about ongoing dialogue, right? Yeah. And not just an every six month check-in. Right. It, it, you know, if you if you share your perspective and you're open enough to hear someone else's perspective and yep. there's good exchange there, you know, you can be inspired by problems or <laughs> gee whiz technology, whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. That kind of moves you forward. That's cool. How can leaders in the themed entertainment industry encourage relationships and building within their own teams and to help their teams build relationships to kind of keep that learning curve, that innovation curve moving forward? The the way that I, I kind of like to think about that is like, this industry really kind of depends on these rock stars. There's people that are, you know, really great content producers, really great designers, really great technologists, really great programmers. So if you really care about this industry and it moving forward, at some point, these rock stars have to be like, hmm, I'm not going to be around forever. What's the next generation going to do? Who am I going to mentor? What am I going to do? Because I think the most valuable thing a rock star can do once they're, you know, Getting once towards they the achieve end of, that status. Yeah, once they achieve that rock star <laughs> status, the next most valuable thing they can do for the world is train other rock stars and grow them. So Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, and that's that's absolutely a, a transition to leadership is inspiring people to want to do that in the first place, working with them, mentoring them to learn what those things are that that helped you achieve that status, you know. So Yeah, brilliant. Love it. So what tips would you give for creating strong relationships with clients? Obviously, any kind of social mixing kind of activity, there's all kinds of cool organizations, even events we we sponsor as manufacturers, where it's a good opportunity to meet these people. From then on, it's just, it's easy. We already met, so let's grab lunch. Let's go grab a drink. <laughs> so we're, we're all about that. The way we work, we you can see if you ever come to our facility, we've got Tiki Bar. And I'm not talking like a little bar in the corner with a little grass right, roof and right. a couple of No, it's a legit show control experience. And we love inviting people over and having, you know, social hours, maybe a little karaoke and just relaxing. That, that's really the key is just, yeah, we're all here. We're all trying to do the same thing. Like maybe we can be friends and just hang out and, and talk. And once you have that kind of relaxed relationship, you can be part business and part pleasure and mix it all. And it doesn't matter. And we're yeah. all doing the same. A thing, little so. cross pollination, a little idea sharing. Yeah. You next thing you know, you've got your next winner. We're all just people. Okay. So. <laughs> 
I love it. I love it. Sometimes we forget that. We you forget know? that. We we have our work game face and we have our personal. Right. No, we're just people. So. Yeah. That's so fun. And, <laughs> and, and in the industry, it's really just a lot of people who have an affinity for theme park and attraction and theater and, yeah. and the creative process. And yeah. That commonality really lends to good relationships, I think, too. Absolutely, it's yeah. We're usually inspired by similar things, and and that's one of the the tricks to I think building a good relationship is finding a common ground. Mm-hmm. Whether it's your interest in theme parks or maybe you know something totally unrelated, motorcycles or painting or whatever. It's it, once you find that common ground, you find something you can talk to somebody about. Everything builds from there. Yeah. 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 So let's get into a deeper conversation here. Dive a little deeper into theme park experience, if you will. Sure. So dark rides are often the main attraction, incorporating highly themed sensory props and video, audio, animations, and lighting. And can you first explain what a dark ride is and the biggest challenges behind bringing that experience to life? Sure. The nice thing about the dark ride format, what it is, is you're basically putting the guests in a very controlled environment. The reason why it's a dark ride is inside. And the reason why it's inside is you can really control what's going on. It's not going to rain on them unless you want it to. (laughs) It's not going to be bright unless you want it to be. So it's a completely controlled, themed environment. That's really what it is. And you can move people throughout that environment however you wish. Usually it's done by a ride vehicle of some kind. Theme parks are all about creating a, kind of a physical environment, a physical virtual reality, if you will. I don't know how to, how to phrase that, but <laughs> yeah, we're t- lots of conversations about VR and stuff. It It is virtual reality, but it's virtual reality that's done with physical yeah. elements. That's I feel like really we cool. do need to get a name for that. Yeah. Phys- yeah. PV, PVR doesn't really work. I don't no, know. We'll, no. we'll figure something out. Put, okay. some, put some heads together. We'll get to the tiki bar and we're going to come up with a name <laughs> of what that's physical right. virtual reality should be called. Yeah, maybe, the, who knows? Maybe it already exists, but. That's where the magic happens. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that's really what you're doing. You're creating this physical environment and you're using technology to enhance the immersiveness of that environment. It's not the kind of thing where you want people looking around going, oh, look at that great projector up there. Look at that cool LED wall. No. Right. You want them to not even really think about the fact that there's technology there. You want them to be blown away by the fact that they're seeing this physical rock work merge with a projection image and just seeing this huge, you know, environment right. and being blown away by that. So, yeah. That's that's really what a dark ride is all about. And so because of that, it dark rides are well known for being like the cutting edge of technology, whether it's robotics, animatronics, ride vehicles, audio visual, because we're trying to do increased resolution and frame rates so that they don't look at it and realize it's film. They would think it's part of the physical environment. Right. So right. Yeah. So how do the Alcorn McBride solutions get all of those systems to be synchronized? And Ooh. and and why is that so important? <laughs> That's a, that's a very geeky question. I like that one. So the interesting thing about dark rides is the f- the foundation of them is really the ride system. Okay. And ride systems are designed kind of like factories. They use factory industrial automation type of equipment, variable frequency drive motors and PLCs, which are these, you know, control systems that are designed to drive them. So it's basically a factory. Okay. So where we come in is we're that layer that snaps into there and plugs into that system and can talk to it. But then we add the show experience on top of oh. it. So we use those, we leverage those industrial automation methods, network sync, PTP is a, the common one, to make sure that everybody knows what time it is and what's going on. And then with our show control engine, we're able to basically coordinate all that. It's like kind of like the conductor in the symphony. It's okay. like, okay, guys, we all know what time it is. We all know what we have to do. The next time a vehicle comes through here, we want you to 
trigger your experience at this exact moment. Go. I love that analogy. Yeah. That I can understand. Yes. <laughs> the so. conductor. Otherwise, we'd have, without Alcorn McBride, we'd just have manufacturing plant. Not too exciting of a ride. <laughs> Pretty much. So the, the dark rides are not as much fun when, you know, all the lights and the videos and all are out. You're just riding a, a moving yeah. platform yet. So. Okay. Interesting. But I love the conductor of the symphony. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah. I have to always get to the simple explanation and then I can take <laughs> it further and understand the complex, but I have to start right there at the... <laughs> At the fourth grade level. So what? talk to me about what AR captioning is. AR captioning. So basically, since we are fully aware of what's going on with the ride and the experience the guest is going through because we're controlling the things that are happening around them, this is basically our show control system streaming out the captioning data. So normally that experience is provided by audio, either coming from the vehicle itself or like a, an animatronic figure or the video or something like that. So we're aware that all those things are going on. And so when we have a guest that has, you know, special needs, they, they need captioning. Okay. Um, the, the AR basically puts that captioning right in front of them. So normally we think of captioning, we think like we're watching a film or right. Netflix or whatever. And we right. see it on a screen. Yeah. The problem with the dark ride is you're not always looking at a screen. Right. And even when you are looking at a screen, we don't want you to realize you're it's looking a at screen. a screen. Right. Yeah. So what this does is it brings the captioning right to the guest in their field of view because it's AR. It's, it's actually in like a set of smart glasses. Oh, uh, cool. Like, uh, you know. A HoloLens or Movario or something like that. So they can look at whatever they want. They want to look at that animatronic figure over there or and that rock work. it goes with them. Yeah. It goes with them. They can, see, can, they can see what they should be hearing no matter where they're looking. So, Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So what do you see the role of AR in theme parks in the future? Like, you know, taking that kind of an idea and maybe building on it for the for the hearing impaired, or are there other things that you can do similarly for broader inclusivity? Yeah, that's an awesome question because it's actually, it can almost be a controversial topic in theme parks because I think because of what I said earlier, a lot of us feel like the role of a theme park is to be this physical reality. And so we don't want to bring people all the way to Orlando, Florida or California or whatever and put a VR headset on them and have them right. have that be their entire experience. They can do that at home. Right. Right. So how do we use those things to, you know, supplement or support what we're trying to do with this physical reality? So, and yeah, I, th I think accessibility is a, a good part of it. You know, having opportunities, you know, if, if they have such a device, their phone or whatever, when they enter the park, it helping them realize what's going on and where, like, I love seeing the, the apps and how advanced they are. They're tied into the ride systems, knowing how long the wait is and things like that. Things that help guide them through the things that they can do and knowing when they can do them. And then, yeah, any, any kind of di disability assistance, like the, the captioning and right. stuff, you know, always looking for opportunities to do that where we can, you know, fold people into the full experience. Yeah, not bring them in. So, yeah. yeah. And I think it's just yet another reason we've got to come up with the right acronym or name for physical <laughs> virtual reality. <laughs> yeah, this is this is why I'm not a, a creative. So I'm sure those guys have something. I was going to say, maybe we can find a few at the Tiki Bar tonight. That's right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Thank you. Thank you so much. Folks listening today enjoyed the podcast. You can help us grow by visiting our feed on iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe. Or if you're listening on Spotify, be sure to hit follow. That's it for us. I'm Susan Campbell, and that was another episode of The Big Rethink.